G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And let's get a focus on the Tokyo Olympics. Just over a week away till the opening ceremony. Lots of us are going to be glued to our TV sets, but things will likely not be what we anticipate in the pandemic era. Since Tokyo is into a state of emergency and battling a surge in COVID cases. Well, the excitement of cheering crowds is likely to be a big missing dimension this time around. There won't be big welcomes at the airport for athletes, no bands playing. The athletes will be somewhat isolated and locked down in the Olympic Village, only allowed out to compete. But there's an even bigger issue unfolding for this Tokyo Olympics. This Games may sound the death knell for women's sport. It's likely to be the wokest Olympics ever. Not only might we expect taking a knee in support of Black Lives Matter or political gestures, you know, the fist pumping on the podium, or a push for Olympians to be allowed to use marijuana. There's an issue developing around that. But the big issue is the inclusion of transgender athletes in female competitions. There is a growing outcry that biological males are allowed to participate in female categories. It's likely to be an Olympics like no other in history. It's being called unfair and, for some sports, extremely unsafe. Kiralee Smith leads the organisation called Binary and has been one of the voices standing up to the rampant campaign to de-gender Australian society. Now, you might remember the Marriage Alliance. Well, Binary is like a rebranding of Marriage Alliance and they've been around for a long time. Kiralee, an outstanding spokesperson for Binary and on the issues that she is tackling. Kiralee Smith, welcome back to 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Kiralee, let's just start with the big picture here, the possibility of the end of women's sport. With the inclusion of trans athletes, what are your thoughts here coming up to the Olympics? Uh, Neil, it's absolutely devastating uh, for, for those female athletes who are now having to compete against male-bodied athletes, but not just for those competitors. It's devastating for people who have loved the Olympics and watched it, you know, throughout their lifetimes. I'm getting many messages from people saying they will refuse to watch it. It's devastating for female athletes who have dreams of one day participating in the uh, in the Olympics. And it's also devastating for parents of daughters. Uh, just so many people in our community are really upset about the fact that there are several uh, transgender people who have been accepted as females uh, in their sporting teams in New Zealand, Canada and the US and uh, have stolen positions from female-bodied competitors who have sacrificed, as you know, so much to even make the team and uh, now they'll be faced with uh, competing against these people at the Olympics. 
I guess these sorts of things start with a trickle and ultimately end up in a flood. Is this, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about the end of women's sport, uh, some are going to say, oh, well, you know, let's just be inclusive and have a biological male transitioning to female uh, to be a part of a women's sport. And isn't that just, you know, pat them on the head and say, isn't that all, all good? But this idea of starting with just a trickle, uh, ultimately the floodgates are open. What are your thoughts here? Oh, absolutely. There's so much I could say here. And it, and it does all come back to that definition of the terms male and female and man and woman. Because when we've, uh, as we've degendered uh, humans, I guess that's true. And it started with the, the marriage, uh, degendering marriage. We're now degendering so many other things in society. And so in, in Australia and around the world, the, the de- biological definitions of male and female have become well, either ignored, irrelevant or redefined. And that's why we're going to see the death of women's sport because what it will just mean now is uh, males who always have the advantage, the physical advantage over women in sport uh, will be able to dominate. And let's keep in mind, Neil, we do have male and female sporting categories for a reason. It's got nothing about appearance. If you look at female athletes uh, in across all different sports, there's you know a variety of shapes, sizes, appearances and all of those sort of things it's always been about the biological definition and now that's been thrown out the window so it allows for any male who wants to self-identify as a female to uh, participate and as we're seeing many of these male-bodied athletes have either reached an age where they're not competitive in the male categories anymore or they were never good enough to uh, make it at those elite levels in the male category but they're more than able to dominate in a female category. So, yeah, we might just start with a handful now, but it is going to lead to many, many more uh, taking advantage of these, uh, well, I don't even think they're loopholes, they're they're blatant disregards uh, for females in sport. No doubt we'll keep coming back to uh, trans athletes at the Olympics and there's lots to say about that and about Australian attitudes to trans athletes as well. But uh, let's just broaden this a little for a moment because uh, when uh, we use the terminology, you know, uh, wokest Olympics ever, the likelihood of uh, individuals taking a knee in honour of Black Lives Matter and uh, wearing Black Lives Matter apparel or raising a fist, all these sorts of ways that people can subtly make political statements. I wonder whether you've got some thoughts on what we're headed for with this coming Olympics. Is wokest Olympics ever an effective title? I think so, Neil, and uh, unfortunately it's probably the saddest title that we can apply to it. Identity politics has become... Uh, the dominating factor in so many areas, whether it's advertising, whether it's business, and now we're seeing in sport. And um, unfortunately, it really undermines the amazing achievements of the athletes who will be at the Olympics because the focus will uh, be taken off you know, the sacrifices, the training, the abilities, the incredible talent and skill of some of these people. And as we know, the commentators, the news, uh, all the discussions will be around uh, the political aspects, whether it is Black Lives Matter or the transgender issue or something else. And uh, unfortunately, it's it's not what the Olympics was ever meant to be about and it's going to really 
askew uh, the whole meaning of, uh, you know, unprofessional athletes showcasing their skills and abilities uh, onto highly charged political issues and ideologies that really have no place in sport. Well, aren't we familiar, you know, at the Oscars, movie stars can't help themselves and they have to make some sort of political statement when they're up receiving their award. And uh, it probably is likely to be the case that athletes won't be able to resist that idea as well, even though there might be some rules that surround these things in the Olympic Charter. But uh, what are your thoughts for athletes, what they're going to do when they hit the podium and they're getting a gold or a silver or a bronze medal? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think that's definitely the case. We already know that one transgender athlete from America who's on the BMX team, he has declared that uh, he wants to win a medal, a medal, sorry, so that he can um, burn an American flag on the podium. Now, that's just, uh, to me, beyond comprehension and such an outrageous misuse of what the podium is meant to be about. And so I do think we will see political statements, uh, unfortunately, that, again, will detract from the uh, amazing achievements of the pe- other people who are on those podiums. So it, it's very disappointing, very disturbing. These people are not, they're not politicians. They're not experts necessarily in medicine or, uh, you know, what, uh, sociology or whatever uh, statements they're making, and yet they're going to take advantage of this and try and uh, make it about something that it's just never designed to be about. There's a sad element in all of this, and uh, I'm just thinking of the Japanese people and, uh, you know, having to have uh, postponed the Olympics, weren't able to have them last year, all of the controversy that's around and uh, with the uh, state of emergency they've got with uh, COVID, probably the last thing the Japanese need to uh, have the Tokyo Olympics remembered by is the fact that it is going to be such a woke and politically driven uh, athletics carnival. That's just, I'm sad for the Japanese. What are your thoughts for them? Yeah, I, I feel the same way, Neil, most definitely. And Again, you know, for the Japanese people, for many of the athletes themselves and their families, uh, it's been hijacked. It's been, you know, completely hijacked, one, by COVID, but two, by uh, political ideologies. And uh, again, it's something that I think we'll look back and history will not record well. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest is Kiralee Smith. Kiralee leads the organisation called Binary and we're talking through issues here around the Olympic Games. We're all getting a bit excited about that, but things are looking a little bit different this Olympics because of the possibility there could be so many political statements and we're talking about the wokest Olympics ever. Maybe we'll be proved wrong, but it looks as though there's going to be some challenging situations. You can have your say, 1-800-316-316. You can also respond to that Facebook question, but let's take a call. Bev is in Queensland. Hello, Bev. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Hello, Neil. Um, Leo, I'm not very well read, but I feel that the first Olympics were held in Greece and the people did not wear clothes. And I think it was to expose the Jewish people in that. So is that what we're going back to and that will expose everything? Well, that's an interesting uh, concept. Uh, let's get a thought or two from Kira Lee. 
that's a good point, Bev. I, I, my understanding is they were naked too, but part of me thinks, well, at least then there'll be no hiding and deception of who is actually male or female. Uh, it will be very obvious. I'm pretty sure it was only males who participated in the original Olympics as well. So, um, you know, but we now live in 2021 and we do have male and female sporting categories and it's very uh, devastating that it isn't actually... I mean, I don't want to see naked athletes, but what I want to see is transparency. Canada just announced that they would have uh, a person on their archery team, in the female archery team. They didn't disclose that this person was actually male-bodied, but this person is breaking all the female records and doing, you know, these amazing achievements. But there's no transparency in the fact that this uh, supposed uh, person who's in the female category is male. So I think there needs to be greater transparency, but I don't want nakedness. (laughs) Bev, uh, what a great uh, insight that is, and it might be entertaining for some to see a naked Olympics, but uh, I think most people will say we want to see the colours of the nations being represented. Thank you, Bev, for your insight. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Kiralee, let me ask you here, about rules at the Olympics because there is an Olympic Charter and uh, Rule 50 states that unless there's specific exceptions by the IOC's executive board, you can have no form of advertising or other publicity allowed and Part 2 of their guidelines directly prohibits demonstration of political, religious or racial propaganda in Olympic venues. Uh, What are your thoughts here for the fact that there are rules but we're anticipating that people are going to flout those? Oh, absolutely. I think there's rules for one and uh, different rules for the others. And we see that time and time and time again. So it will be very interesting. I, I, I highly doubt that they will uh, prosecute or come against anybody who is, you know, flouting the rules, whether it's Black Lives Matter or transgender issues or something else, if it uh, suits their narrative then they will, uh, they'll be celebrating these things, not, not just demonstrating, I don't think. I think there'll be, you know, great celebrations of these things to be great offence and uh, of our intelligence and our sensibilities. Uh, but I think they will do those things. But time will tell, Neil. We, we, you know, we can anticipate these things. We can suspect these things will happen, but we won't know until it actually does happen. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because what we might see is an IOC take on the changing of this culture to include the transgender athletes and indeed all of these other woke uh, issues that we're talking about. So so you're thinking here, Kiralee, that it may be that as sporting teams take to the field and uh, there's people taking a knee, say, to the Black Lives Matter, which uh, obviously we talk about that on this program and uh, not to say that black lives don't matter, but that the Black Lives Movement had been hijacked by that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, cultural Marxism and uh, it has a bigger agenda than just the importance and value of people of different skin tone. But there's this issue here. Do you think that the IOC might just turn a blind eye to a whole lot of things and instead of seeing it as flouting the rules, they may well celebrate those things? I, I really do think that is the case now. I think that they've demonstrated over and over again that uh, they are more interested in upholding political ideologies than they are, you know, in my case where I talk about the trans- transgender issues, they're not interested in biological reality. They 
have made, they made decisions actually allowing transgender competitors, I think back in 2012 or 2013. So it's not that it's it's brand new and this is the only time this could have happened, but this is the year, it seems, where uh, many countries are taking advantage of those new rules. And when they made those rules, they did not take into consideration all the biological scientific evidence-based reality uh, to determine those rules. It was far more leaning towards the political ideology and appeasing those extremists. So uh, I have little reason to believe that they're going to do anything other than that for the Tokyo Olympics. So if we're talking a death knell for women's sport, uh, it could actually come from the IOC that might be celebrating not only all of these other woke uh, political comments and statements that people will make, whether it's the way they dress or a fist pump or any sort of uh, taking of a knee, but this idea of, uh, you know, how you define a woman. If the IOC doesn't take a strong stance on the fact that women are different to men, uh, even if there is a transition that might be going on, then that's the IOC's imprimatur on the death knell for women's sport. Absolutely. And I'll tell you that it's very interesting. A lot of local sporting organisations do contact me and they're always in this conundrum that they have, you know, local participants who they have relationships with. Very, very important. And they are feeling really trapped because they're, in many instances, there's male competitors who have been in the sport, who have developed the sport here in Australia, who have won world championships and, and the like, who are now transitioning to female. And those sporting organisations feel that they are very, very uh, in a rock and a hard place because they cannot write policies that, I guess, are different to what the IOC policies are because if they bar transgender athletes at the local level, at the state level, at the national level, then there will be a massive backlash because those people are actually allowed to participate at the IOC level. So they tell me until the IOC change the rules and return it to biological reality that they really feel like their hands are tied and so it is the death knell for women and female sports because whether it's local soccer club climbing club athletics club you name it uh their hands are tied while ever the ioc uh, have these really ridiculous and loose uh political ideology ideologically based rules rather than biological based rules interesting isn't it because we can think it oh that's just happening on the olympic stage but if the ioc gives its imprimatur to uh, these transgender athletes that has a direct effect right back to our local soccer club uh, mm-hmm. the local netball club, then it comes right back to what happens in our local sporting competitions because this is where those sorts of things are given a tick of approval at the highest level and it affects the sport that's happening in our own backyard. That's correct. And unfortunately, the Sports Australia, which is the governing body in Australia for sport, their guidelines are in agreement with the IOC guidelines. And so all of these local sporting associations uh, are feeling very distressed at, at these rules and knowing that in their local communities, uh, they're, they're having to disadvantage girls and there's no incentive for those girls to participate when they know a male-bodied athlete participant can come along and rob them and uh, of their position and to steal, you know, places or opportunities for them to progress in their chosen sport.
Uh, Kira Lee, let me just take you into a Christian foundation for what we're talking about today because some people might be saying, oh, aren't we just you know, off on some sort of a tangent? Uh, but this idea of God creating man and woman, this is so much a powerful part of who we are as day-to-day normal life people uh, that uh, somehow rather as a Christian believer, if you don't stand up, then all women are disadvantaged. And so Christians take this idea that comes ultimately from God, that there is, you know, God creates man and woman in his image, that we as Christian believers need to be able to defend uh, that creation and the fact that there is an equality there. And any time you start to mess things up with that, uh, you're actually going against a biblical foundation. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a foundational principle and it's, it's in, you know, the first uh, few chapters of Genesis that God was creating everything, said it was good. But when he got to male and female, he said it was very good. And he was very deliberate and repeats several times that male and female are made in God's image. So not one male on earth can completely uh, express the totality of God. Not one female on earth can do that either. But together as male and female, we express the image and the identity of who God is. And then throughout the Bible, from Genesis right through to Revelation, God himself, Jesus himself, all of the apostles' teaching uh, does go to great lengths to to talk about the differences uh, between males and females. Now, in terms of opportunity for salvation, for you know the equality of, the, of how we're loved by God, there is no male or female uh, in that sense because Christ died for all. But when it comes to the expression of who we are, it's very deliberate. God's plan was very deliberate, and He wants us. He He, he celebrates our differences, and it's all about loving one another in those differences and protecting one another and celebrating one another in those differences. So you, you cannot remove uh, Christian principles doctrine, uh, the very foundation of who we are as believers from the principle of the differences between males and females. Who would have thought that as Christians we might be going into bat uh, for this expression here because Christians are known for their advocacy for the homeless and for people who are disadvantaged. Uh, but here we are, we're going to include women in this category and and uh, women as vulnerable people in our community because uh, sport is being taken away from women. All fairness is being taken out of women's sport. Kira Lee Smith leads the organisation called Binary and has been one of the voices standing up to the rampant campaign to de-gender Australian society Kiralee is with us, and uh, Kiralee, just as we uh, as we continue on from this point, I just uh, draw attention to an ebook that you've got uh, and available on your website binary.org.au. But it is about this trans threat to women in sport. Give us a little insight about your ebook. Oh yeah, look, this ebook is available to anyone who wants to visit binary.org, sorry, .au. Uh, we've put together uh, five important facts that you need to know. Uh, we obviously get, you know, hundreds of emails every week of people concerned about this issue in many different spheres of life, but sport is one of the consistent uh, threats that continues to arise. So we've covered the five important areas of women's sport. Why is it important? Uh, like a lot of people know the answers to this, Neil, but don't necessarily have a way to articulate it. So we've tried to put the information in very easy to understand and to communicate and share with other people. So we're looking at the legalities, uh, what the law 
prioritises when it comes to transgender people in sport instead of women. We look at Sport Australia's policies. We look at contact sports and why there's a dangerous mix there and evidence of what's already happening around the world. And then we address the threat to female athletes and their careers um, and just enjoyment, I guess, of sport. And we've also got an added bonus in there of uh, comparing uh, what male and female sporting records are in many of our popular sports around the world. So this book uh, is very easy to understand. It's very easy to access. It's very easy to share with people who uh, still may not be aware of what all the hoo-ha is about when it comes to transgender people in women's sports. Well, it's a big issue, and you've not just released this ebook for people's entertainments. Uh, this is, and I guess if you connect this to today's conversation, uh, what we're going to see at the Olympics this time around, it might be happening next week at the Olympics, but the week after, it's happening on your local sporting field in your local community. And so uh, being prepared for that is, I think, uh, where people are going to find real value in accessing this e-book. It's called Trans Threat to Women in Sport, and it may be very useful in whatever community you are a part of because women's sport is under threat, not only at Olympic level, but it will be under threat in in your local community. Hey, I've been asking people to respond to a Facebook question. How do you think Christians should think about transgender athletes competing in women's sport? Well, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. But Kiralee, let's go through, a, just I'll, I'll, I'll mention a few comments and uh, whatever sticks out to you, you might like to comment on. But Valma says, we need to think of them as children of God who need Christ just as much as any of us love the sinner, hate the sin. However, males have a huge advantage over females in many sports, so they should stick to their own. If they are serious, give them their own competition. Deserving females are missing out on positions in teams because of transgenders taking their spot. Not fair at all. Then Frank and Gina say, I think that it's quite unfair that people who call themselves transgender have a huge advantage because of their testosterone and muscle strength is very different to others competing in the same event. Amanda says, as Christians, we're not called to judge, although it's not something I believe is fair from a competitive standpoint, though justice is important to me. So there's a few uh, a few thoughts there, and there's lots of things to comment on, but what is outstanding for you, uh, Kiralee? Yeah, I'll, ju- I'll just, I'll make probably three points to that. So uh, I, I agree when we are not called to judge. Uh, I don't think this is about a judgment of how an adult chooses to express themselves, you know, what a, their appearance, because that's all transgender is. It's an appearance. People will say it goes a lot different than that but nobody on earth has ever changed their sex you can only change your appearance so if an adult wants to change their appearance that is fine there's no problem with that Uh, we can respect that and uh, accept that but it's the imposition then of uh, everything that flows from it that's the problem so someone said something about having their own category I think that is a brilliant solution Uh, if transgender or gender fluid people or non-binary or whatever label they want to use are not happy with the male or female categories they can have a third uh, category if that's what they choose but I think ultimately particularly for the Olympics and other sports it does need to come back to biological reality someone mentioned in their testosterone and other things like muscle strength uh, one of the issues with the IOC 
their guidelines is it only addresses the issue of trans, uh, testosterone. But as we know, God made us uh, with a lot more than just a male or female hormone. We also have male and female reproductive systems uh, and that hormone development, our chromosomes and all of those things. But what the advantage of testosterone is, is not just the level that's in someone's body at that time, but a male who goes through puberty will have uh, more muscle fibres they will have a greater lung capacity, blood volume, broader shoulders, uh, lower body fat mass, all of those sort of things, and uh, more hemoglobin in their blood, which means they can carry more oxygen around, which makes their stamina, their strength, uh, and their speed far greater than a woman's. And that is why we have male and female sporting categories to begin with. So lowering your testosterone after you have been through puberty really is just one tiny piece of the puzzle and does not reduce the advantage that males have over females in sport. Uh, Just one comment that was made in all of that, the idea that Christians are not called to judge. Uh, There's controversy around that comment because if you talk about judgments, you're talking about justice. And uh, while we talk about God as a God of love, uh, equally on the other balance, God is a God of justice. And so as we are not only believers in God, believers in Christ, but we believe what God believes. And so if you're going to stand for justice for anyone, take a godly position. And that's where I think if you're defending women here, you take a godly position in defending the injustice that's being now committed towards women. Hey, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from a listener who's calling from Brisbane. Hello, welcome along. Hello. Um, I was just a couple of questions. Uh, has Kiralee Ker- ever had um, uh, any legal action taken against her? And also, the second thing is, um, if there's a crime committed and the person is transgender, so uh, how do the police know whether they're looking for male or female if if they're not fully, um, how do you say, gone through the process? Uh, interesting thoughts and question there. Kira Lee, your response for our caller? Thank you for your questions. Um, I haven't had legal action, uh, and I will say yet, because I do believe that at some point some of these things will have to be challenged legally. Uh, when it comes to um, these transgender issues, I have faced legal action uh, previously with halal certification uh, issues, but not with this. Uh, when it comes to criminology, that is a really interesting question. And uh, what we're finding is that the police are having to go along with these self-identification guidelines and allow males to identify as females. I'll be reporting on a story actually in the next few days where this is happening all around the world. It's even happened here in Australia where a violent male-bodied criminal insisted that he be female and he was housed in as a female inmate in a prison and as you can imagine that causes all sorts of distress and problems for those vulnerable women who are in prison. So it's a very messy, very murky situation. It also changes the statistics when we are seeing that males now are being reported as female rapists 
when in fact they are males who have male genitalia and are assaulting uh, either children or women. So it's a very important question and it's a very important consideration and it's something that uh, our organisation at Binary is trying to bring awareness to and lobby government uh, to make sure that legislation is very clear when it comes to biology, not ideology, in the way that people identify themselves. Thank you so much to that caller from Brisbane. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316 and interesting to reflect, Akira Lee, that when you do put your head up above the parapet and you do stand for a righteous cause, uh, you are likely to get some flack. Sometimes that will be uh, by way of name calling, sometimes on the receiving end of what we're calling cancel culture, the way people will want to silence you. Uh, The more extreme level is this uh, legal action level and uh, the suspicion is that I hold uh, that many of uh, those who put their head above the parapet may well be facing some level of legal challenge uh, in the times to come. And so it's going to take a fair bit of courage and support for those who do speak up uh, for those who are vulnerable. And we're talking about women in a vulnerable category here today as women's sport is under threat. So we're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Charlie in Highfields in Queensland. Hello, Charlie. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Very well. What are your thoughts? Well, it's pretty... um, From the Bible, Jesus says that we will have tribulation and... People that stand up for the truth will be standing alone, often, and it's very difficult, and we need to support the people that do stand for the truth. And as Christians, I believe, um, you know, from the Bible and following the Bible and the guidelines in the Bible, um, definitely male, female, and they obviously shouldn't, in a way, I'm not sure whether or not to accept what's going on. Um, it's pretty difficult in a way, but yes, you stand alone, You'll get a lot of trouble. People will be out for you. And the minority, uh, they can actually get quite violent and ugly. Charlie, good thought there. A response from Kiralee. Yeah, that's right, Charlie. Um, Again, so much I could say. A lot of people ask me, you know, how I do it or why I put my head up above the parapet every day. And one of the reasons is exactly what you just said. Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And so I think the truth is, it's not just the core value of God, it is who God is. Jesus said, I am the truth. And so we have no uh, options when it comes to saying, if I'm a believer and a follower of Jesus in the way, then I also uphold the truth, no matter what. And the other thing for me is uh, the scriptures that talk about, we are called to be salt and light, but the battle belongs to the Lord. So I don't really mind if I stand alone at the end of the day, as long as I stand in the truth, because then I am standing in Jesus. Uh, The other thing is that uh, while it can be, I I guess that uh, the the media and the extremists want us to believe that we're alone in this uh, belief, but it, an actual fact, you know, there's more than 50,000 subscribers to the binary email. There's 50,000 supporters on Facebook and others. And I had a quick look at my Facebook in the, the break, Neil. And, you know, there are a lot of people who follow me that aren't Christians and who are also insisting this is not just a Christian issue. This is an issue that affects the entire society. And so I think it would be quite surprising to a lot of people to uh, realise just that we're not alone, (laughs) that there are many people who share the belief that there is male and there is female. And, uh, and I, 
I, again, it's not the, the reason I do things or it's not where my confidence is, but there's great encouragement in the fact that there are many people who uh, agree. Charlie, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. And interesting to say, uh, Kira Lee, you've got a, a little bit louder voice because you've got a wonderful capacity to be able to articulate these things. Sometimes we're relying on people like you to be able to help us say, well, what is the biblical foundation for man and woman? And how do we articulate that when we're talking about our modern uh, current situation here in Australia? But while you've got your head up above the parapet a little bit and uh, there's some attack that comes against you, it's going to be uh, Mr. and Mrs. Average, uh, parents with their children on a sporting field in their own local community who are going to be called on to be able to defend why their children uh, should play in a sport uh, where there's one sport for girls and one sport for boys. So this comes down to every person's going to have to have a little bit of extra uh, backbone when it comes to standing up and being counted for who you are and what you believe. Absolutely, and I think that's why something like our ebook and even all the resources that you can find on binary.org.au are so important because um, we need to not make it into an emotive, uh, aggressive argument. We simply rely on the facts. And um, particularly when it comes to local sporting organisations, I think the, the table that compares the male and female athletic results are very, very helpful. Um, in most sports, you will find that it's not just the top male beats the top female, it's like the top 10, 100,000 males will beat the top female in whatever sport it is. With only like very few exceptions. But when it comes to whether it's, you know, swimming, athletics, um, rowing and all your, your team sports, there's always an advantage and there's always uh, evidence and facts that we can rely upon uh, to equip uh, just, yeah, mums and dads and concerned citizens around Australia when it comes to sport and also when it comes to many other issues. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Ben in Kalgoorlie in WA. Hi, Ben. Welcome. G'day. How you doing? Very well, Ben. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, what if these last Olympic Games allowing for cross-gender to participate and allowing infiltration into women's sport as such? I've got a question is, is this going to open the door to sex predators who want to participate in female sports but come under a different brand with a hidden gender? Ben, good point. Uh, Kira Lee, your thoughts for Ben? Yeah, it is a good question, Ben, and unfortunately the answer is yes. Um, we have, you know, so many people concerned and already uh, stories and anecdotes as well of uh, male-bodied people wanting access to female change rooms. And as we know, in sporting uh, situations, uh, swimming pool, air, you know, change rooms, at the soccer fields, wherever it is, uh, again, we have designated change rooms for male bodies and female bodies because we want to protect women from sexual predation and assault. And unfortunately, this is an open door uh, for men who identify as women to have access to women in an extremely vulnerable situation. Ben, thank you so much for your comment and your question. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. We'll take as many calls as we can. Let's hear from Dorothy in Tasmania. Hello, Dorothy. Hello there. 
Um, look, I'm, my question is um, how many trans men are competing in men's sports? That's a good question. <laughs> yes, a good question. That's a good question. Look, there, there are a, a very small handful that I'm aware of. I'm not aware of a, a lot. Uh, we don't really have, you know, uh, reliable statistics on these things. But, it, of course, it's very uncommon for female-bodied people to want to participate in a male-bodied um, sporting category. Uh, however, yeah, it, 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 numbers are far, far more heavily weighted on males participating as female. Dorothy, thank you so much for your input today. And we will put a line under the calls there for now. Uh, but let me come back to something that we were talking about last time when we were talking, Kiralee, and this is about uh, what might happen in Australia. A lot of people will say, well, surely the authorities in Australia are going to have a whole lot more common sense uh, than to let all of this just happen and uh, threaten women's sport. But let me bring you back to uh, our own Minister for Women in Australia. And last time we were talking, we discussed the idea that Maurice Payne, the Minister for Women in Australia, doesn't know what a woman is. Now, let me just get you to explain how that all works, but uh, there's no protection that's coming from the top in Australia here. Absolutely. It's been, I tell you, one of the most disappointing aspects of the journey so far, Neil, to have contact with people like, uh, well, trying to contact people like Maurice Payne and all the female ministers for women around the country, both state and federal, who all refuse to define what a woman is. Uh, they say they're beholden to the Human Rights uh, Sex Discrimination Act, and so they come back with a circular, nonsensical statement that anyone who wants to be a woman can be a woman. And unfortunately, because these women and men, you know, Scott Morrison included, refuse to define the term woman, women are now the ones who are being disadvantaged, put in places of, uh, you know, they're unsafe, it's unfair, uh, and it's just plain wrong. We only have a handful of politicians who are willing to speak out about this, uh, notable people like Claire Chandler, Senator Claire Chandler and Senator Amanda Stoker, who will speak up in defence of women and logic and common sense and decency. Uh, so one of the things that I'm told is many of these top politicians don't believe it's an issue in our community because they don't hear much from people about it. So I would encourage all of your listeners today, Leo, to uh, just write a simple email or pick up the phone to Senator Payne's office, um, to Maurice Payne's office, sorry, and to other, their state minister for women and say to them, please define the term woman because women are being taken advantage of, are being uh, put in situations that are unfair and unsafe because you refuse to define legally what a woman is. Well, it's the simplest thing you can possibly do, isn't it? Simply ask the question, but you do have to be intentional about that. And uh, when you say uh, send an email to Maurice Payne's office, uh, send a email, and some will say even write down a letter and put a postage stamp on it and send it off, uh, sometimes yeah. that uh, will get a, a bigger response than uh, just another email appearing in the inbox. But the idea of being in contact with your politicians and asking them the question, can you please define what a woman is and get ready for the entertaining responses no doubt Kiralee <laughs> and they will be entertaining and they will be dissatisfactory but until they hear from us on that I don't think we're going to see much change there is also a link on 
Binary's website under the campaigns where we have uh, What is a Woman, uh, the the campaign for What is a Woman. So you can join that campaign as well and uh, that will help you formulate uh, some action plans for how you can contact your local representatives as well. Well, you know, uh, these are serious issues we're talking about, but I can't help but think uh, when the Olympics is on, uh, there are going to be all sorts of stories around the sorts of things we're talking about today, the wokest Olympics ever, and uh, there might even be an entertaining uh, aspect of that uh, where there's going to be a smile on the faces of a lot of uh, listeners when all sorts of crazy things happen uh, because you recognise that times are changing. And as serious as that is, uh, I think we're going to be looking at, monitoring, telling some stories and drawing attention to the godly wisdom that we can glean in these aspects of what's happening and how we can do something about protecting our own communities. Kiralee Smith, let me point people to your website, binary.org.au. You mentioned that there is an ebook. That's a free ebook, isn't it, Kiralee? Correct. Yes, if they go to the campaigns tab and drop down, um, they they will have to enter a few details. But if that's an issue, you can contact me at info at binary.org.au and um, I'll make sure that you get a copy of the book. Okay, you can get a copy of it anonymously too. But uh, hey, I'm sure, as you mentioned, there's something like 50,000 supporters of Binary and I'm sure you wouldn't mind a new a new friend or two. Uh, I'm sure there's all sorts of needs, no doubt. Uh, some uh, prayer support, some financial support, uh, moral backup in whatever areas that you're doing. I'm sure a, a few extra friends just uh, for people like that. Uh, people who Absolutely. do actually subscribe, what will they get? Will they get some regular updates from you? Yes, there's a weekly email and we have regular campaigns. We're also um, adding a new dimension for volunteers because we do have some um, very specific action campaigns that we want to execute in the next year uh, leading up to the next election. So uh, this isn't just a talk fest. It's not just for information, although the information we provide is very important. Uh, there's, there's a lot of aspects, but yes, weekly updates, daily blogs, um, and and the support of knowing that you're part of a community where many, many people feel the same way as you. Kira Lee Smith leads Binary. The e-book is called Trans Threat to Women in Sport, and you'll find your free e-book copy from binary.org.au. Kira Lee Smith, thanks so much for updating us on these things today on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.